is Joy. And this is Claire. This is the Girls Gone Wild podcast. This is episode 317. This episode is sponsored by our favorite people at Double Under Wonder. Get your jump rope, get your wrist wraps. They also have a sister company now, Boulder Bands, with amazing headbands that do not fall off. They have a lot of styles, and they have this one that I love because I have this weird fear of, I work out really early, and so when it's dark, I have a fear of like, needing to be seen. So I always have to have some sort of reflective gear on. And they have this awesome reflective headband. So it's like perfect. It's B Boulder, the letter B, and then B-O-L-D-E-R, bboulder.com. Discount code GGW, doubleunderwonder.com, discount code GGW. And as we always say, sign up for their emails because they are hilarious. If anything, you can also get all of their discounts and sale announcements on their emails. So you want to sign up for that. But then Ian, who's the owner, is hilarious. And I just read his emails constantly because I'm like, this is a great comedy relief. So thank you for supporting the podcast by supporting our great sponsors. That's doubleunderwonder.com and bebolder.com. Discount code GGW. Woo! It's Memorial Day and I'm about to go do Murph. Um, Fun. I know. I thought about maybe waiting till after you done Murph to record so that you could like have a comment about it. it. I was like, no, oh, not really. We I have, don't know how it's gonna go. I'm uh, staring at my weight vest sitting on the floor. And it's a beautiful weight vest. It's beautiful. It's by Unbroken Designs and it has flowers on it. It's pink. And Joy, let's just ha- let's have like a moment to talk about the weight vest because you considered this purchase for like two years. I really did. We went to the games. And you were like, I need this weight vest. And I was like, just buy it, Joy. Like, you'll use it. And you're like, no. And then, like, that year, every single time that, like, a sale happened, you're like, should I get this weight vest? Yeah. And then finally, the next year, we went to the games. You bu- Did you buy it then? That was, the, it that was the belt. That was the oh, weight belt. You're because right. that, also the vest. The vest, too. The vest. And so the, the vest was a gift from my parents for Christmas because I was, That's right. again, one of those, like, weird things where I'm like, uh, it's kind of expensive. It's kind of pricey. Am I really going to use this? And then, of course, that's like a perfect thing to put on your wish list because you, one of those things where you're kind of like on the fence about buying for yourself. But then my parents were like, awesome, we need a gift idea for you. And so I wore my weight vest like all day on Christmas Day a few years ago. I was like, put it on and like open presents with it. It's great. So I'm going to do more with the weight vest, I decided. It's always such a toss-up because I'm like, oh, it's really hard to do pull-ups. I can't really do pull-ups with a weight vest, but I have to break it down into like very small amount of pull-ups at a time. I have a lot of respect for people who do the 100 pull-ups all at once. I think Jess Gubbins posted this morning that she did it all like in sync. So 100, 200, 300, she didn't break it up. That's a whole nother level of Murph. I don't know if I could do that. I couldn't. Yeah, I definitely couldn't do it, it up, with a weight vest. Because you break it up into Cindy, like yes. most people do. Yep. Yeah. So if you guys are listening and you have no idea what Murph no is. No idea. <laughs> uh, quick, just recap about Murph. Um, so on Memorial Day, most people in the CrossFit community do a workout called Murph, which is a hero workout. There are There's a, a category of hero workouts that are named after and designed after uh, men and women who have given their lives during their uh, military service. And this one is a very particularly well-known one that was more or less designed after the guy from, what was the name of that movie? They had a documentary called Murph the Protector, and then the other one was Lone Survivor. Okay. And that one had Mark Wahlberg. Oh, Anyways, okay. this is like that guy. And so the workout is run a mile, 100 pull-ups, 200 push-ups, 300 air squats, run a mile. And most people break down the push-ups 
pull-ups and air squats into, what is it, 20 rounds of 5, 10, 15. Mm-hmm. And um, it takes, most people, it takes like between 45 minutes to an hour. If you're just thinking like, oh my God, that would take forever. It mm-hmm. takes the average person like about 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be done in a, much less than that. Like the fastest you could do it would probably be... I would say 40 minutes would be I'd say 40 really minutes is a good goal. Mm-hmm. Because they're For, not... Like you'd be like, hauling. Yeah, that's body like weight. That's like two nine-minute miles and then one about one minute per round for mm-hmm. the, you know, squats and everything. Yeah. And I know that it... If you've never done it before, it probably sounds like, oh, I could do five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, and 15 squats in a minute. You totally could, but maybe not 20 times in a row. Right. By the time you get like up there, you're like, oh. you're like so, really hurting. Yeah, the, and the it's goal important. is really to try to break those in. If you can do it a minute each, that's the goal. Right. And I think that the important part too is not to lose your form because that's, mm-hmm. that's so many reps and you can really, your form really starts to break down. I realize that people will be listening to this after the fact and after you've done Murph, but you can do Murph anytime throughout the year Well, and, and it's a really great workout. Talking- we're really yeah. talking to you if you have no idea what Murph is. We're just trying to exactly. Give you a little, <laughs> right. A little, a little heads up. Little insider heads up. in the CrossFit world for those of you yeah. who do not do CrossFit. But I think that's just a it's a completely different workout. When I put the weight vest on, it's like yeah. the miles rules. I just have to have a completely different mindset. Like your mind wants to go fast, but you just can't. And sure, doing Murph without a weight vest is also really hard and you're hauling faster. So it's just what kind of experience do you want to have? When I do Murph, I really like to have get my brain out of the game and start to kind of just be like suffering is makes me think about why I'm doing Murph. And so that's, that's kind of why I I think about doing it with the weight vest. And it's just like a personal goal for mine, for me. So I'm going to do this right after we record and I'm sure it'll go great. I've done it a million times. So I know what to expect. This is no surprise. I'm a little worried because I ran a half marathon last weekend and my legs are still kind of sore, but we shall see. That's Memorial Day. I'm not doing that today. What am I going to do today? We're maybe going to garden. Cool. Uh, my brother, James, p- apparently bought Miles one of those like power wheels vehicles. Like power wheels, like actually motorized sit yeah. in it. Uh-huh. That is the best day ever. It's, it, yeah. Well, and I feel, so it, I'm hoping that the way he described it, he didn't call it power wheels, but the way he described it, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure that's what this is because he's coming over so that we can help him put it together because he bought it and apparently didn't realize that it needed to be assembled. Sure. And he was like, I can't put this together by myself. I was like, yeah, that's legit. And um, yesterday we were at this block party at my mom's house and uh, there was an older, like a slightly older, you know, six, seven year old boy there who had one of those. And he oh, was driving around, Miles and Miles like, was so cute about it. He was just standing there, like with his staring. hands folded, yeah, just staring, staring at it, and like with longing, like, sort of fall. Oh, and it was like Miles. He just he, wants so bad. He to... wanted it so bad, but he didn't know how to like approach a little yeah, boy. And I didn't totally. want to step in. I was like, let's yeah. just let this play just out. Just let him process. Because there was a group of old, of slightly older boys, and I just knew they're not going to let him. Yeah. And so finally, I was like, Miles, like, because I could also tell Miles in general was getting kind of overwhelmed by the whole sure. thing. Sure. So I was like, Miles, let's have a cupcake and we'll go inside and watch a movie. Everything's like, salt oh, okay. with a cupcake, yeah. But I was just, I just, my heart was just breaking, oh, watching him just like want to ride it nugget. so bad. Yes, and I yes, 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 yes. And so, <gasps> I so know that look. I know. Just like, and they're just kind of like staring in this like yeah. trance. Yeah. Oh, it makes my like, eyes water. I wanted to like throw the big kid off and be like, get off of here. It's Miles' turn. Oh, oh are you crying? Nugget. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> just, the kids are so cute. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm sure he's like wiping her eyes. Oh, I just wow. know that look. They're yeah. so cute. And you just saw oh, it's so cute. Okay. So it's okay. Cheer up because Miles gets his own. That's so exciting. <laughs> I feel like that moment in um, Romeo and Michelle where she's crying because she's like, I just get so emotional when she finally gets to shop. <laughs> That's how I feel right now because I'm just like crying for no reason. Well, it's a good reason. Um, but before I forget, we cannot gloss over when you you told me on text one like a couple weeks ago that Brandon didn't know who uh, who Marky Mark was. Oh, guys! Like, let's talk oh, I'm about. So glad you brought this up because you mentioned so, uh, the Wahlberg. Okay. We were talking about, why were we talking about Mark Wahlberg? I don't know. Yeah. But we were. We were having a conversation that included Mark Wahlberg. And he was like, oh, here's why. It's because this article from BuzzFeed or Board Panda or whatever, they put out this, this like really funny little article that was like, if the event or if the Marvel universe had happened in the 90s, like who would have been the actors? Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I'm really surprised Mark Wahlberg's not in here. And my and Brandon was like, well, he was kind of like later '90s, and I was like, no, he wasn't. He, <laughs> he was, was like, he was the '90s. Yeah, was like, he was he the wasn't. '90s. And he was like, well, what year was Boogie Nights? And I was like, I looked it up, and I forget, but it was you know kind of early mid '90s. And he was like, well, wasn't that kind of his first movie? And I was like, well, kind of, but like Marky Mark. And he was like, well, what about Marky Mark? And I was like, what about Marky Mark? Mark 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 Wahlberg. Mark, 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 yeah. <laughs> I can't There's even get the person. words out. <laughs> person. He was like, what? It's like. Brandon, I'm really concerned that you don't know that Marky Mark is Mark Wahlberg. And he was like, no, he's not. It's like, I, can't, I just, I can't interact with this information. You're like, so how did we Joy get married? If I... All caps. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, breaking news. Brandon did not know that Marky Mark and Mark Wahlberg are the same person. He thought Mark Wahlberg just like dove onto the scene in Boogie Nights. He didn't realize that he had like a whole career as a rapper. Like that is just... That was the, the that was the, the 90s. That was the, the 90s. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, Brandon, how how did you not know about this? Oh so, you know, we spent the rest of the night listening to um Good Vibrations. Yeah. Had to. To kind of make up for that. You're like you have to understand Marky yeah, Mark. Yeah, I, that's really right, funny. Brandon. I was like and he was like shocked. He was beside himself. Like, okay. Really well, good lesson for Brandon. Good lesson to everyone yes. out there who may be yeah, in the same in case boat. You didn't know Marky Mark equals Mark Wahlberg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We might get Marky Mark to plant a celebrity tree. Ah. <sighs> uh, okay. Oh um, let's talk real quick about the social media situation in CrossFit. Okay. I mean, to. we just have to gloss over it. For those of you who don't do CrossFit, don't follow CrossFit. Last week, Breaking news, all of a sudden, the social media of CrossFit disappeared. Facebook was gone. Instagram was gone. T- was Twitter gone too? I think all of them no, were Twitter's just still Twitter's there. still there because Twitter's YouTube and okay. Twitter are still there. Yeah. It's just Facebook and Instagram. It's Facebook and Instagram because they're, they're owned, owned by, Facebook. by Facebook. Yes. So, Greg Glassman, who we love and who is also kind of lives in his own world, mm-hmm. like Gwyneth, yeah. who we recently discussed, he decided apparently that Facebook had taken some actions that led him to believe that they were acting under the influence of the big soda companies. And that for this reason, he did not want to participate in anything owned by Facebook and they deleted their Facebook and Instagram accounts. The prevailing meme around this is a bunch of people sitting around with tinfoil hats on. So I think accurately just just describes so much. Feels accurate to me. 
And if you like zoom out and think about it as like, okay, you know, they Facebook, you know, it's like, this is like sort of a post Cambridge Analytica world like that. If that were more of the reasoning and he was like, listen, I just after a long time thinking about it, I just don't trust Facebook with all of our members information. And like, I just feel like we can't participate in their branding or in their, you know, their business then like fine but the fact that it kind of more came so from a place literally came from a place of like well i think that facebook is like in bed with big sugar like big soda it's like okay mm-hmm. it was like how he thought that like those remember when jillian michaels made those comments about about how crossfit like is going to kill you mm-hmm. and he was like i think jillian michaels is working with big soda companies to take crossfit down mm-hmm. i was like i, I just don't know that <laughs> that's what's going on i don't know <laughs> i just don't know that they that much yeah whatever it's cool. right well it, it, and it's it. one of those things where i think there's also been some talk of like crossfit really wanting to everything to funnel onto crossfit main site again which i can appreciate but at the same time it's like look the crossfit social media i i, sh- I shouldn't say ban but like they're they're dropping out of that social media platform is is interesting to me i i feel like sometimes we can kind of like go back to this old roots way of thinking of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to try to take myself off social media because everyone's getting your information and doing all these things with your information and they don't own my information. And part of me is like, man, that jig is up like 10 years ago. Like I, I remember when I was working at the DA's office and um, working at the DA's office for a lot of district attorneys, it's like a huge risk for people to have your home address, any personal information because you're prosecuting criminals that could really, really screw you and really harm you. And that has happened, unfortunately, where people like show up at their house and shoot them, you know, point blank because they're, you know, they got out of jail and they found their address. So I remember there was like this huge push to get your personal information off of the internet and they would send us websites. I'm not kidding. 10, 15 years ago, send us websites to be like, this is how you remove all your personal information. This is how you remove, remove your address from being publicly available. And like, you cannot control that at all anymore. So we've gone so far, like in the beginning, I think there was like that fear of personal information being out here, out there. We can't escape that anymore. Like you cannot get around that. You cannot, in my opinion, unless you are living in a place where there is no internet and you are completely off the grid, I don't think we can like worry about that anymore. I don't think we can. Like Like, you cannot, it's it's like the equivalent of like me posting a picture and then taking it down and be like, oh, I didn't want to post that. Guess what? It's gone. It is gone forever. Like someone screenshotted it. It is. It exists. You cannot take anything back. But like I was talking to my mom this weekend. We were in Westcliff and she has a Google Assistant or whatever those are. It's kind of like an Alexa. And she had it unplugged and put away and we got it for them for Christmas a couple of years ago. And I was like, where's your Google Assistant? And she's like, oh, we heard that they can listen to your conversations so we don't use it anymore. And I'm like, mom, you can't like... First of all, who's going to listen to your conversations of like, uh, you know, a senior citizen couple in West Westcliff, Colorado? Like this paranoia, it is kind of like the tinfoil hat thing where it's like the paranoia of people, big brother, uh, watching you, nothing is safe, nothing is sacred, everything is, you know, you can Google anything and find anything out. There's cameras watching you everywhere. It's like, okay, so how far down the rabbit hole of paranoia do we want to go? Because we have to either look at this as a benefit to our society, or we could completely flip it over and be like, I'm going to go off the grid and we're going to revolt against this advancement in technology and communication. 
No, I agree. And I, I don't know. Maybe people are listening being like, oh my God, Joy and Claire, like you guys are like the problem. And you know, maybe we are the knows, problem. Like whatever. But, but I accept that I'm the problem and I accept that anything. But in that what I way? Out, what do you mean you're the problem? Like, what do you mean by that? I accept that I am like willingly feed into this, you know, that I put content out there and that I post on social media and that I assume that once that's out there, it's gone. Yeah. Like you were saying. And I think that that's the thing is like, I have that assumption that my information, once it's out in the world, is public. Yeah. Even if I didn't mean to make it public, even if I have my privacy settings on Facebook set so that only my friends can see my stuff, like, I assume anything I post is now could, like, be brought up in a hearing. Right. No matter what. Right. Like, if I'm going to be, like, confirmed on the United States Supreme Court, they're going to be like, okay, but in 2005, or, you know, whatever, here's a picture of you getting drunk and you weren't 21 yet. Right. And I'd be like... You're right. Hey, yeah, I but, posted oh, that. But I but my Facebook status was private or my Facebook account was private, so you shouldn't see that. It's like no. Right, we exactly. I, like I am not I shouldn't say stupid, but I'm not naive to think that like anything I post is like super private, even if my Instagram account is private. And let me be kind of cheesy for a moment. But back when I was, again, working at the DA's office and kids would be like parents and kids when we would have to explain to them what it means to get a charge against you and then have your charge expunged. They think that that is just completely cleared. And I would always have to explain, look, I know that you think that as a 12, 13, 14 year old, that when you get a charge, you can have it cleared from your record and then you can go on your merry way. And they'd be like, oh, but it's cleared, right? Like it's gone. I said, hey, look, if you want to go into the military or the FBI when you're 25, I can't guarantee you that they're not going to find that. It's like the same thing. People can find out anything they want if they want to dig far enough. And I feel like this is kind of like the same platform and the same flavor what we're talking about with social media is like, we're in this world, we cannot fight against it. Like, hey, if you want to go back 50 years, great. But I think we either have to like accept it and move on. Or if like, what's the point of fighting against it? Is it maybe it's taking a stand? Maybe Greg Glassman's like, I want to take a stand against this. I want to take a stand. And I have such a huge following that I can make a difference with that stand. And I respect that. I do. That's the social media thing with CrossFit. Don't try to follow them on Facebook or Instagram anymore because they're gone. And any of the, and like, there's a bunch of like copycat profiles that have come up. Yeah. So don't try to follow either. Well, the other, I mean, the thing that I think about too is like, what do you think about like from a brand perspective, right? the, the, The immediate thing that I go to is look, Facebook has the market on connection. They have, they are the only business that exists in their, uh, I guess, business model, you could say. Like, there's really no one else that does Facebook. They're the only social, they're, they're the social they, media platform. The, there are no competitors. They have, what's the word I'm looking for? When, like, they have, like, the... Um, Monopoly. Thank you, yes. Like, they have it. And so, maybe that is the voice of what CrossFit wants to do, is, like, we can take ourselves out and we can still be successful. But part of me is, like, but isn't that going to hurt your brand? Like, isn't that, like, isn't the point of having a business is being able to get your voice out there. And look, everyone is on Facebook and everyone is on Instagram. So if you take yourself out of that, is it, are they going to get more popular because they're taking a, a stand against something so big? I don't know. It's just kind of interesting to me because I look at it like the whole soda taking on big, the big soda companies and then now taking on big social media company and what that means. I don't know. It'll be interesting to watch, but there's, 
my personal stance is like, I just don't, I don't care enough. And maybe I should, I'd be interested to hear what people think about this. Like, or do you live on the side of the world where you're kind of more paranoid about like what people know about you? I live in the world of like, man, we're all here and we're all going to find out about each other. I'm not a big enough like celebrity to be like, I don't know, knock on wood, like people aren't going to be bothering me with my social media stuff out there. Like I just don't, it's it's not something I lose brain cells over. The only thing that Brandon brought this up and I thought it was a good point is he was like, listen, if Crescent is so worried about their image, you know, being so tied to the games, then this is really going to regress them. Because now if people don't have like CrossFit media to follow, they're going to be following the games athletes. And, you know, so now they're letting go of even more control around their like brand story. Yeah. 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 So no more people working out in Al Bundy's living room. Yeah. No more, which I kind of, that was a pretty great theme that they had going on for a while. I had a lot of people talking. I think we should call Greg. Greg will talk to us. We need to give him a call and be like, Greg, let's have a chit chat about this. Yeah, if Justin can call him, we can call him. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, so moving on from that, real quick, I wanted to talk about a couple things that I watched uh, that I think would be really good for anyone looking for like Netflix recommendations. The Wanda Sykes comedy special was great. I love her very much. Highly recommend that. And the Knockdown House documentary about all the women who ran for office last year. And it was really, really good. It's very much focused on Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, but there's like four other women in it. So I highly recommend that as well. And then last but not least, I have a recommendation from Scott because he's <laughs> he's really funny. Which first of all, remember when we talked last week about um, Game of Thrones and we were and I knew Scott was like in the next room. And when we got done recording, he's like, you said that I liked the ending and I didn't. <laughs> he's like, I didn't like the ending. I'm like, I really don't right, think so people care. Your show. Scott, Scott did not, did not like, the, like ending. the ending. But he's recommending the new Carly Rae Jepsen album, which is really good. We've been playing that in our house a lot lately. And she's really, she's really doing some, some good music. So turn on the um, Carly Rae Jepsen. Also, thank you to the person who wrote us on Instagram to let us know that they hated Wine Country, but their husband loved it. And he yeah. wanted to recommend thank right. us for the recommendation. I got such a kick out of that. Thank you for that. I did too. She's like, I hated it. I tried to turn I tried to turn it off like ten times. My husband wouldn't let me. But then he watched it and he finished it and he said it was really great. And I was like, look, this is not like an Oscar winning film. It's just a really good feel good film that you just want to kind of check out and watch a good chick flick with a lot of wine. Some girlfriends drinking wine. Like just it's so good. Nothing revolutionary going on here, but no, funny. really not. The other movie that's it's something that both Scott and I really want to see soon is Book Smart which was directed by Olivia Wilde. And that looks so good. And I I mean, it Rotten Tomatoes really gave it like 100%, which, right, which is, never happens. Never happens. So yeah, I'm really, really excited see to see that. Too. Yeah. I, okay. I, I saw a, um, Instagram of Reese Witherspoon going to see it. So Oh, so if Reese Witherspoon wears army pants and flip-flops, I'm going to wear army pants and flip-flops. I love her Instagram, by I the way. I really do. I just love God, she's, she's so like, good. <sighs> Her and Kristen her. Bell, I just want to become BFFs with them. And they their Instagram is so relatable and their Insta stories are so relatable that I truly am like, oh, we could be friends. Yes. <laughs> I think like, that's how people feel about us too, which you guys, if you, you feel could that be. way, we agree. Come be we our agree. friends. Move yeah. to Longmont, Colorado or Denver, Wheat Ridge, Colorado. Call Come us up. Friends. Call us Come up. Come be our friends. Actually, mm-hmm. one girl, shout oh. out to her for this, did... <laughs> 
DM me on Instagram and she was like, hey, Claire, I've been a podcast listener for a long time and I just moved to Boulder. Would you want to ever get together? I was like, yes, I would. Actually, I would. Wait like a, we talked a couple months ago. Uh, yeah. About how hard, hard it is to make friends as adults. I need friends too. Yeah, yes. we all do. Mm-hmm. So shout out to that girl. We're going to go on a hike this week. It's going to be great. Heck yeah. Yeah. Speaking of hikes, we, I'm still taking friends to go to the incline first weekend in June. No, June 8th. It's not the first weekend in June. It's like two weeks from now when you're listening to this. June 8th. Come hike the incline. Send me. Send us a message on Girls Gone Wad, uh, our Instagram and or our Facebook page, and I'll put you in the group or I'll send you the details. Friends. Yay, friends. Yay, Reese Witherspoon. Who else have I watched recently that I'm like, oh, I love their freaking... Instagram stories, Kristen Bell, Reese. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to say is Big Little Lies is coming out soon. I loved the first season. Scott hated it, but I'm like, it's just, again, it's like a good soap opera show. And I think I love Reese so much for going outside of like the quote unquote norm of, you know, her own production company and doing things that people are telling her she shouldn't do. Like, don't use your own money to do a production and whatever else rules that she has learned in the media business. And she's kind of completely gone against the grain with all of that. And look how successful she is. She's like doing shows with all women. And I just think she's doing some amazing work for the Hollywood culture. And so Big Little Lies to me, like when I watch it, I, I do think it's really good. I think it's really well done. But Scott watches it. He's like, I can't believe they're winning all these awards. This show's not good. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's great. And I think a lot of it has to do with how much I love Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Let's talk about the next go. thing. The next thing. <laughs> um, okay. So I have been, so I'm like, what? Evie's going to be four months next week. When you hear this, it'll be, yeah, about 10 or so days away still. And I have been thinking about just like body image and my, you know, I live in my body all the time. So I have to kind of interact with it and figure all that crap out. Um, so yesterday I was on my Instagram stories and I, my own personal Instagram stories and I asked for people for recommendations of like, Hey, does anybody follow any good fashion bloggers who are like short and petite, but not super thin and, but also maybe not plus size, like that kind of, you know, in between like, yeah, like I hate some, to say like, like, av- like average, know. but like, you know, kind of, because I think. Like that in the spectrum, in the spectrum of body sizes, yeah. like give right. me some What's different options in, in the, the middle. middle. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 5'3", I weigh 150 pounds right now. And I just like my body just looks different than it has before. I'm not maternity. I'm not plus size, but I'm also not like a size two and I can't wear bodysuits, guys. Why did bodysuits have to come back right as I had a baby? <sighs> not into it. Bodysuits. Yeah. Why? Nope. Why? Wait, are, I, the, are we talking about the snap, the snap, the crotches, the crotch snaps? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like are. seriously been around for like the past seven years. Uh, I wore bodysuits in high school. That's the thing. They used to be around and now they're coming back. I know, but I feel like they even came back ten, five, ten yeah, years ago. They, I, feel I feel like, like they've been like, they've been lingering for the yeah, past they, 10 years. And I yeah. feel like they're really like in, like in my face right now, maybe because I don't want them to be in. So they are. Sure. So anyway, I started asking people for recommendations in my Instagram stories. And like, I got like maybe three or four recommendations and like 30 people who wrote back, like, please share if you find any, cause I've been looking and I just can't find like somebody who I feel like looks like me and you know, who I actually feel like the stuff they wear, I can be like, Oh yeah, that might look, look good on me. Cause I mean like, you know, for example, Julie, if you're listening, I love you and I'm never going to look like you. 
And so like, I just can't wear that stuff. <laughs> I can't wear a, a whatever body con means. And right. I'm making air quotes because I know what it means, but it's, I think it's a silly right. word. I can't right. wear that crap. Right. Uh, I mean, I can. Don't get me wrong. Anyone can wear anything. Right. I would you not feel comfortable wearing Technically that. can. Right. I would not feel comfortable. So it kind of just got me thinking about like my body and my body image right now. And I just wanted to bring up the fact that, okay, it, it's just very much a conversation in my mind right now. And I think that when we talk about our body image and we talk about like, you know, kind of moving past that sort of like post macros, post dieting, post whatever, you know, if we're trying to intuitive eat, which also guys, I'm going to tell you something that's going to blow your minds right now. I've been counting macros mm-hmm. for the last three months on keto dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. with working against gravity. Dun, dun, oh my dun. gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> And it's been great. Record scratch. What? And I haven't, but here's the thing. I haven't been like super, I've been posting about, because I just feel like it's not a big deal. This is a phase of my life where I yeah. love counting macros postpartum. It gives me so like, so we always ask like, what is your why? Well, my why is that for 10 months, I was not hungry and I was nauseous. And so when I, after I had Evie, I was like, you, man, I just, yeah, you like didn't have, have no a baseline. base of like where to, what to eat, where, yeah. 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 And I was like, and, and not only that, but like I, my body is changing so much day to day. I'm so exhausted and I'm so just like out of it that quote unquote intuitive eating, like there's no space in my brain for that. Like, I don't even know, you know, like I don't recognize my hunger cues right now. I don't recognize because my body, everything has been so out of whack for so long. And now I'm in postpartum and things are just changing so quickly. And I was like, I, I have a tool for this. I'm going to have someone else get my macros. And so yeah. first I was going to work with Laura Ligos, but I think I'm going to work with her sort of like post macros. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd reached out to her and then I was like, and then I had like a weird week where I was like, you know what, maybe I'm not quite ready for this. And then I was like, maybe I actually just want to work with somebody who I don't actually personally know. Mm-hmm. For some reason for me, like that felt a little bit easier. Like I d- wasn't going to have to like, and I know Laura would never, so Laura, if you're listening, I know you would never do this. But in my mind, I was like, I'm going to disappoint Laura. Oh, interesting. You know, like if I mess up, yeah. like I felt like I had that sure. like personal connection to her and I didn't want to have to like worry about that because I've like already had this, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm in a delicate mental state. I don't want to like worry about disappointing someone else with my diet habits. So I signed up for WAG. I have had this really wonderful coach. Her name is Brittany. She actually is an RD. She's uh-huh. a registered dietitian nutrition. Not all of their coaches are, um, but they do standardize all their training now. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is I've been counting macros. I've been doing keto and I've absolutely loved it. And it's been such a good tool for me. I'm um, ending at the end of June. So I kind of like put an end date on it already and it's been great. But within that, I mean, like you are supposed to weigh yourself every day. And that's one of the parts I really don't like about it. And like, you mm-hmm. are supposed to, you know, you have to like send in your check-in photos, which I still kind of, am like, oh, this doesn't feel great. But I really try to use those practices to just like kick myself into the mindset of like, this is just data. Mm-hmm. You know, if you gain or lose a pound or two throughout like I stand on the scale one morning and I'm like 154. The next morning I'm like 152. I'm like, I know I haven't lost two pounds in one day. This right. is probably because like I've just went poop or like, mm-hmm. you know, right. I had more salt last night or whatever. Right. So I just right. try to remind myself that like these fluctuations are, you know, are not tied in any way to like the value of my body. But it is hard to just not have that narrative. And then, you know, trying to find clothes. I've literally, literally been wearing the same exact leggings, like three pairs of leggings. For a year to the point where they're like not in good shape anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm wearing them inside out because they're so pilled on the outside that I've like flipped them inside out. So you can't 
can't tell. Totally, Which, I've done that. Pro tip. Mm-hmm. It's a great way to extend it's the life of way. your lose. Yeah, right. Um, Let me stop you really quick too, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, oh my gosh, we feel like you haven't, like, why haven't you shared this before? Why haven't you been talking about this? Because, you know, we talk so much about the diet culture. And so I just want to be clear too, like, I want to reiterate how important it is because Claire, you have used this as an anchor and a positive tool for you. And it's really helped you in a positive way. I just want to really make that distinction for people listening that we don't always want to jump to the assumption or the judgment that that's a negative thing, that for you, it's always been an anchor. And you're like, I just need something to tie myself to. And I think that's such an important piece from when you were pregnant with Evie, that you had such you you had such a disconnect from eating because of the nausea that you were feeling the entire pregnancy that you were like I need to learn how to fuel my body again and this is a tool this is a tool this is a tool this is not I don't get the sense from you that you're like I need to get to a certain aesthetic like no you are doing this for the purpose and look if people want to do it for that reason good on you that's fine I don't think that's the greatest way to go but whatever but I just want to make sure that people are understanding that piece too, because I think we talk about this a lot and I just feel like it's a delicate thing to talk about, but yeah. I just think you have had, you'd have, you've had a hell of a year with food, with your body and with the physical aspects of like carrying a child, delivering a child postpartum. And so I feel like this is something for you that feels empowering. That's kind of what I get. Totally. And I think like, that's kind of what I was trying to say when, you know, we always ask like, well, what is your, you know, think about really why you're doing this. And I think a lot of times the the underlying expect not expectation, but assumption with that question is like once you really examine why you're doing this, you're gonna find out you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You know, I think that's what a lot of people hear sure. when they say that. Yeah. But, you know, I think that there is there are definitely plenty of reasons that it's like, no, this is my why. I feel really good about it. Mm-hmm. It's coming from a super like conscious, healthy place that is just me. And like part of the reason that I haven't talked about it is because that was part of kind of me and my motivation was like, I'm I'm doing this for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for like my own just information and purposes. One of the purposes of this is not to... Um, evangelize the you know this sort of lifestyle and I have done this before I kind of you know have a feel like I know what I'm getting out of this and I know what I'm trying to get out of it and so that's kind of I mean like I don't even think Brandon knows I've been counting macros like yeah. it's been very low-key yeah low-key and I think the privacy part of it too is just something that you are figuring out for yourself of like how it makes you feel and I think there's some things that you can keep private but I think the part that's really important of what you just said is that you're not evangelizing this way of living and that you're not posting it being like, this is the right way. Because I think the automatic response for anyone on social media is to take something and go, oh, what are they doing that's quote unquote working and that I can do as well? Like I've seen a lot of our friends that I follow that we follow on our account jumping on the keto bandwagon. And there's this automatic tendency to be like, oh, is this the answer? And look, there's never going to be an answer. Like we cannot equate how someone is eating with a right or wrong way. It's just healthy living for that person. Like this is what they're deciding to do. But we always want to take it as something like, what's the magic pill? And I think that's a horrible way to think. So I think that's probably like why too is you're keeping it private being like, this is just something that I feel an anger to towards and that is helping me for A, B, and C. And 
that can be really misconstrued if you start posting it on social media. And I think that's what we want always want to be very careful about, because that's really not what we stand for. But we do stand for empowerment. And we stand for doing things that work well for you and that make you feel good. But I think it's the... <sighs> It just gets complicated, I think, when you take it to a place of like, oh, I have to do this forever and or I feel trapped in this way of living. Right. And I think that's the thing is like I have not at any point felt limited by it. In fact, I felt limited by not doing it. And that's why I sought this out because I was like, I feel really like I just don't know where to start right now. And so I, I and I despite the fact that I have had years and years of working on myself and my diet and all et cetera, et cetera. I just want somebody else to do the work for me for like a couple months. Totally, totally. (laughs) It feels good. Like it does feel good. It feels like when you feel like, A, you're you're fueling your body in an appropriate way, you're breastfeeding, you're trying to balance all of these things, which, you know, we're all trying, the balance word, of course, but like you are. And I think to take that equation out of it, where you're like, I just don't want to have to think about that. I think a lot of, especially moms, I think can relate to that. But it's not a get your body back thing. So yeah, well, and that's the thing is like every day I have to tell myself like this is not about getting your body back because like I feel like my inclination is to be really focused on weight loss because guys, here's the thing like I don't super recognize my body yet and mm-hmm. that's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It really is. And mm-hmm. if you're in that place, it's okay to be uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm not like, tell, I'm not here to tell you, you know, I love my body unconditionally every single day like I want to be at that point I aspire to love my body unconditionally but I'm not there mm-hmm. and especially like in the transitions and so like you know when I check in with my coach I do say things like you know I'm a little bit disappointed that like the scale didn't move this week because I've been hitting my macros every single day and even and in the next breath I will say you know I'm trying hard to give myself that space and remember all the things that my body has all the changes my body has been through in the last year. And again, like mm-hmm. I hate kind of like the people who are like, well, think about what your body did, but it's true. My body did a yeah. lot of stuff, even just objectively, the amount of physical change that I have gone through in the last year is ridiculous. And so to think like, oh, that, you know, and even if we like take it back from going through miscarriages, like that is still a physiological change. Like your hormones totally change. Your brain already starts to change in those first couple of weeks. Like you, you know, like I've, more or less was pregnant for like 14 months because Mm of like the, all the hormone shifts that I was going through. And, you know, so even when I just think about that, like it was crazy. And so trying to remind myself of that, I, but I still have to do, I still have to sit myself down and be like, Claire, stop, you know, expecting yourself to like, like I'll get on the scale and I'm like, "Mm, I still really, you know, I'd be, I, I'd be more comfortable if I was like 15 pounds less Then I'm like, wait a minute, stop. Stop, stop, stop. Like, I have to, like, grab myself and be like, Claire, it's cool. Like, weight loss is not the goal. Weight loss is not the goal. Weight loss is not the goal. But I think it's very relatable. I think it's very relatable. And I also just feel like we've stopped talking about it in that way because I think we're – we don't want to – perpetuate that that way of thinking, but it's real. And I know a lot of women still do that. I was just thinking, like, the get your body back. It's like, okay, our bodies didn't go anywhere. But I think that it's okay to feel like this, what you've said before, that I feel comfortable, I feel confident. Like, it's okay to feel that way too, right? Like, it's such a tricky topic to where we don't want to be like, you just have to love yourself as you are. But at the same time, 
I think it's really empowering to be like, and I feel good, but I'm not beating myself up over it. So I think that's kind of like what what you're talking yeah. about. And I, but I also think just like wanting to clear, like, be real about it. That like, yeah, that like not beating yourself up about it is still a struggle. The version of me that the world expects to see is either like that you guys listening because you know me expect to see is like oh you know I am like just loving my body and like I understand what I'm going through and like but yeah which is fine and I appreciate that that you know I I aspire to be that person but I think like the other version that people like the people who don't know me expect to see is that like oh my gosh I have to get my body back ASAP like I will not be happy until my body has returned to the factory settings and I look like I'm in high school right and (laughs) I think like, about that a lot. I'm like, because there's times when I'll be like, oh my gosh, like I'll see my a picture of myself when I'm like in high school. I'm like, oh gosh, I just don't look like that. I'm like, because I'm 41. Right, guys. Right, I'm not exactly. 18. Like, well, it's so like, weird. Like our bodies are always, 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 yeah. always changing. Always, always changing. I look back on pictures of myself before I got pregnant with Miles. And sometimes I'm like, like I, there's a couple pictures of me right, like the week before I got pregnant with Miles. And I'm like, ah, oh, I want to get back to that. And I'm like, no, I, wait. Why? Like that's the question. Like that's when I ask myself why, and I'm like, oh, I don't have a good. I don't have a good answer to that. Mm-hmm. Like, why is yes? Because, like, why? I've, if yeah. you don't have a good answer to that question, other than I just like you weren't any happier there. I don't look at myself and I'm like, oh, I was happier in that body. It's such a false, false thing that we tell ourselves. But I also want to say that you counting macros does not equate to then you saying it's the same thing as feeling comfortable in your body. I feel like they're two completely separate issues. Like you counting macros has to do with feeling like you need to fuel your body. And correct me if I'm wrong, but you just being like, I need an anchor for someone to tell me like, cause you will be, you are the type of person that will like forget to eat breakfast or forget to eat lunch or whatever. Like, I feel like that is something for you to be like, I want to really fuel myself, but it's completely separate of the, I feel like the body confidence thing is a completely separate issue. It can get tangled yeah, and you can use point. it, a, you can use it as a weapon against you. No, I think that's a good point because I think we do uh, assume that they're the same and assume that like, if, if this, then that. And I think that that has been the struggle is trying to separate them and remind myself like, listen, you know, this is a tool and stepping on the scale every morning is part of that tool and taking photos of your body every week is part of that tool. And this is information that does not inherently mean anything about you or about this process. You, you know, if you don't lose weight in the course of the week, it doesn't mean anything. And like that I have to remind myself, like my goal here is not to again, like return my body to factory settings. My goal is to remind myself how to fuel myself properly, how to feel good. It's to be able to quantify what that looks like so that I do have that baseline. And then in the next month or so, I can kind of move forward and say, okay, I know what it looks like now. I've quantified it to be able to really dial, I hate the word dial in, but in order to be able to feel like, okay, I was completely at a loss for where to start. And now here I am. And I have this information and I can go forward out into the world and use it. And then if I get to the point again in the near future where I'm like, man, I just either feel like I'm not eating enough or I feel like, you know, I'm not eating, I'm eating too much because I don't feel comfortable or I'm eating the wrong things or whatever. Or I don't have energy or my breast milk supply is going down. Like I can go back to this and go, okay, I know that at this amount of food exactly, I have my energy is as good as it can be. My breast milk supply is good. My body feels good. So I'm going to go back to that for like a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, and but so the the like larger conversation about this that I was kind of wanting to have is that I just feel like it is still 
Like I still have to remind myself every single day, probably multiple times a day that like there is, it's not a race to quote unquote, get my body back. And by now we all know what I mean by that. And there is nothing inherently better or worse about looking one way or the other. And, you know, I think that to be completely honest, like when we're out and when a lot of us are out in the world, the narrative that we have been hearing for the last several, several years is like, and we've talked about this recently too, being overweight equals being unhealthy. And the more overweight you are, the less healthy you are. And that those two things are in a direct correlation. Most of you guys listening to this podcast are aware enough to know that that is objectively not true, that health, that weight is not a one-to-one indicator of health. And, you know, I'm not like your body, obviously the, your weight and your shape and everything is connected to your health because everything is connected, but they're not, you can't say if this, then that ever yet here I am. And I, you know, I, like I was saying, I weigh like about 150, 155 pounds right now. And where I feel more comfortable in my body is more like 130 to 135. And again, that number is so random, but like, that's about, you know, and I'm sure I could like play the body fat percentage into that to be a little bit more specific if I wanted to. But I then have to like remind myself, hey, these 20 pounds that maybe aren't so comfortable don't mean anything. They're not, they don't have a meaning behind them. There's no value uh, tied to them. And there's, which also means there's no value tied to not, to be able, to being able to get rid of them at a certain rate. Right. And you know, I have to, like, as I'm looking for clothes and as I, all these sort of things, I have to kind of tell myself, like, okay, if I'm a size 10 or whatever, like, I'm usually, not usually, prior to having babies, I was more like a size 4, 2 or 4. So if I'm in there grabbing a size, like, 10 or 12, that can feel like, uh, this doesn't feel good. But then I have to sit there and be like, why doesn't it feel good? Mm-hmm. You know, this is a number on a piece of clothing. This, right. If I try to put on a size 4, that It's a number is what, on like, a tag. Right. Yeah, created right. by an industry. Right. You know, right. it's like... Like, this number means nothing. It's so But I have to remind myself yeah. that. And I have right. to really sit there and be like, you know, I... If I were to put on a size four, I wouldn't be able to get it on. Wouldn't go. And, like, that is what would be uncomfortable, literally, physically uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So why do I let myself feel uncomfortable about wearing clothes that fit just because they have this number tied to them. Mm-hmm. And I don't have an answer for that because I think it's like this deeply ingrained, like, oh, the smaller, you, you know, the smaller is it's better. It's totally ingrained. It's and, totally ingrained. Yeah. And it's, so it's just like, it's hard for me in those moments to, I really have to like, I almost think of myself as like a lifeguard of like, you know how, like when, did you, were you ever a lifeguard? Uh-huh. You know how you learn to like swim with people's head above the water and you sort of like, yeah. I feel like that to myself sometimes where I'm like, okay, just like keep your mouth above the surface of the water. Yeah. It's like, I'm just going to like help that. Yeah. (laughs) Just right there. Right. Just keep their head up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, don't, don't let yourself drown in this. You don't have to like be, you know, running around. But what a perfect example of the conflict that we have within ourselves as it relates to the society that we're in in and the messages that we, we receive. So we're constantly trying to run this uphill battle right? We're we're constantly trying to do Murph with a weight vest. (laughs) We're trying to 
have this body confidence, but we're constantly fed the messages of not enough, or this is what you should eat. Like, we're just fighting every single day. But I think like, if we were sitting here with Laura Ligos or Easy Sinkowski, like the people, the great dietitians that we've had on our show, they would tell you that learning about food is not a bad thing. And learning about nutrition is not a bad thing. But I think so that is completely separate from like the, the world of social media and body image that we receive. So on its own, food, healthy eating, you know, nourishing your body is a beautiful, beautiful thing. But where it kind of collides and becomes really nasty is when the clothing sizes seep in or the pictures that are photoshopped or, you know, all the beautiful Instagram models that we see. You know, I was texting Claire the other day where I was like, oh, I see some of these pictures sometimes. And I think really it's just like a deep seated jealousy of me realizing that I'm never going to be a Kardashian and I'm never going to be an Instagram model. <laughs> like, that is just the truth. Like, there's times where you see stuff and you're like, oh, God, that's so beautiful. I don't feel like that. So, I just want to make sure that people understand, like, we need to completely separate the two because they are two completely separate things. But yeah, I mean, I just feel like it's not a horrible thing to feel like you want to nourish your body and learn how to nourish your body. It's just when we're fed all this crap, like I was in, you know, when I was in Westcliff this weekend with my parents, they live in the smallest town. They have a huge Amish, Amish community. And um, Scott and I were driving home yesterday and the Amish were walking to church and they were riding in their horse-drawn buggies. And some were walking, some were riding on horses. And I just remember thinking, like, they don't know. <laughs> They're not exposed. Like, the women were in these beautiful dresses and the bonnets, and they make their own food, and they make their own furniture. They make, I mean, everything is from the earth. And I just remember, th- like, thinking and looking and being like, wow, I there's a little bit of, like, envy of having that pure sense of like life and the world and your views. And I know that's a huge extreme, but like, that's a perfect example of like how much we are influenced and our worldview is influenced by what we are fed every single day and the messages that we're fed. So I just want to really make that distinction of like food is a beautiful thing. And learning to eat is a beautiful thing. And look, when we're working with people with eating disorders, people who don't know how to feed themselves, we have to teach them how to eat. It's the same thing. Like people who have starved themselves because they're so afraid of eating, you have to teach them how to eat. It could go on the same level of, you know, while you don't, you don't have a disorder of that um, nature, you were like, I had an experience that really made me feel like I didn't know how to eat. And eating is a beautiful thing. So I don't want to kind of mix those two together that just because you're learning how to eat all of a sudden we're feeding into the diet culture because a lot of people come to our podcast for like relief from that talk or relief from that mentality of all the messages that we're fed. So I just want to make sure people are understanding that piece. I feel I'm like nodding. I just had to, I feel like I had I to just let a lot oh. out. That was a lot of like, just, I know. I th- cause I think we do hold a lot of that in just to be completely transparent. I think you and I hold yeah. a lot of that in because we don't want to perpetuate that, well, and that we, culture. I feel like this entire podcast could be about nothing except that. And we just like want to talk about other things. Sometimes. It's true. It's true. <laughs> it is very true. It is yeah. very true. Like there's, it's because I think as women, we're constantly like, that's what we deal with every single day. 
I mean, that's what I see every single day, but I choose that. Like there's times where I'm like, I should just completely do like an Instagram purge. You know, maybe I should just join the CrossFit movement and get off social media and see what happens to my self-confidence or see what happens to like the things that I like to think about. I try to do that often. I try, I'm trying to listen more to music and not as much podcasts because I love podcasts. I love books, but Podcasts and books fill my brain with other people's voices. And I've started to realize that I'm losing my voice and not really listening to like what's going on inside of myself. And I think that for my mental health, I've been really wanting to listen to more music because music takes me places. It makes me feel my feelings. It makes me like confront stuff. It makes me, you know, go on a a nostalgic past journey of, you know, this song used to remind me when I was in high school or whatever. Like I, I stopped listening to music for the longest time because I was like, oh, I just want to kind of check out. So I feel like that's another piece too of like, I'm really trying to kind of get back into like my voice and my thoughts. And I think that for everyone listening, I know you're listening to us right now, but I would encourage you to kind of like either journal or listen to music, something like super simple where you're not putting someone else's voice in your head and just realize like that is, that can be such a, it could be a positive influence, but it could also be a negative influence because your voices matter. So I'm going to stop getting yeah. on my soapbox. I had a, um, a job interview the other day, which I'll go into at a later podcast. But one of the questions he asked me was like, so at the end of the interview, he was like, all right, I asked everyone this, like, what did you listen to on your way in here? And I was like, honestly, nothing. I just let myself think my thoughts. Yeah. I was like, I have a three and a half year old. And Silence is golden. Yeah. I don't get to think my thoughts all that often. Yeah. And he was like, and he he had also told me that he had a little uh, toddler, and he was like, "Oh yeah, I get that." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." I mean, sometimes I like to listen to audiobooks. Sometimes I like I like I think probably my favorite audiobook. I think I've mentioned this recently on the podcast. I'm re-listening to Big Magic again. Yeah, like I just listened to it, and then I'm re-listening again. I love the audiobook. It's so much better as an audiobook. Mm-hmm. So I like I. It's not that I don't ever listen to other stuff, but sometimes I'm like, man, I just want to not listen to anything. Yeah. Also, because Brandon is the type of person who wants to have music going all the time. And I'm like, I just want to like, oh, got it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just want to think my thoughts. Yeah. I think it's a great practice to think Mm -hmm. your thoughts. I think it can be scary. And I've realized where I like to avoid that, but I'm just becoming more and more aware of how Mm -hmm. good music makes me feel and how other people's voices can really drown out like what am I thinking what am I feeling so yeah and it's a good I think it's a good like thing to just be self-aware like sometimes Mm -hmm. like we've talked about with my kind of quote-unquote year of presence sometimes like being super present and thinking your thoughts is not what's is not what is going to serve you on that driver in that moment or whatever because it's like you know what no I need to be able to check out I need and like almost kind of like this macro thing like I need someone else to do the work you need someone else to do the work (laughs) yeah for sure but yeah maybe not having that be always I think yeah not always yeah I think this is like my phase of really kind of trying to get back to letting my voice be a little bit louder in my head so yeah all right well that was a good little therapy session yeah (laughs) I feel like we needed to like I feel I feel like I just ran like a mile well I'm about to go run a mile I'm about to go run two miles but that was like exhausting emotionally I know. Yeah. Um, I don't feel exhausted, even though I was. It was my. <laughs> I know it was your topic, but I'm like, ah, yeah, I can just I feel it. I can feel. I mean, the you heavy. cried at the beginning of this. You I did. Really, you know, I just. I, I needed to release a lot yeah. of that. I think I'm Let feeling the emotion. Feeling the emotion of a yeah of a lot of people. Hey okay, guys, well, <laughs> we're all dealing with it. I know it. We hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. We hope that you learned some things in this podcast if we you were not a, so. a crossfitter. 
And we hope that you're not sitting on your couch right now with a tinfoil hat on or in your car or wherever you does you listen. Yeah, please go live your life. And if you have feedback for this episode or have thoughts, we always love to hear from you guys. You can email us at girlsgonewad at gmail.com. Give us your thoughts. What are you struggling with? If you have questions for the podcast that you'd like us to answer on the podcast, we always, 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 always read your emails. So thank you for taking the time to write us. And you can support the podcast by supporting our great sponsors. You can go to doubleunderwonder.com. Check out their stuff. The discount code is GGW. Or B Boulder, the letter B, and then B-O-L-D-E-R.com. They have fun headbands. Discount code GGW. Go check them out. Sign up for the newsletter because the guy is hysterical. And we'll check you guys next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.